Welcome to DeGay's Watch Degrassi. I'm David. And I'm Marisa. This is the Degrassi Rewatch Podcast with one diehard fan and their reluctant co-host. Each week, my expertise and my skepticism will reveal tidbits, make connections, and shed a new rainbow on this Canadian after-school special. Today, we're watching Family Politics, Season 1, Episode 3. This is one of the few episodes that isn't named after a specific song. There are lots of songs titled Politics that it could be referring to, but we're just not going to speculate. All right, here we go with the synopsis. Toby and Ashley's parents are dating, but moving in together has caused a lot of new sibling discord. Toby knows just how to stick it to Ashley, convince JT to run against her for president. He realizes, however, that Ashley's life has been harder because of him too, and he ends up with mixed feelings. Did you fight with your brother? All the time. (laughs) Y'all are only four years apart. Mm-hmm. My sister's eight and a half years younger than me, so it was never, you know, she was just too young. If I was 16 and arguing with a seven-year-old, that is a little bit stupid at that point, right? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> so that never really happened. Although I think she remembers me bossing her around a lot, which, you know, I can be bossy. So I won't deny that one. We start off, um, Ashley's talking to Terry on the phone. She says, we're going to get you a boyfriend, which hints a little bit about the plot of the next episode. Bit weird. That she wants to get her a boyfriend? Yeah. Why? I mean, did you ever do that? No. It just never works, I feel like. Mm -mm. I get what she's saying because she wants Terry to have self-confidence. I think it's the bottom line. Because Terry is obviously gorgeous and just doesn't have a good self-image. So she's not a model yet? No, we haven't gotten there yet. But there are hints at that in the next few episodes, so. They also mention Dr. Freed when Ashley is trying to get Toby out of the bathroom. He gets a mention many times throughout the episode. Which is just telling us that things have gotten so bad that they're going to family counseling. Or I guess you could think of it as their parents being proactive. I don't know. Did you ever go to family counseling? No. <laughs> Me neither. And my mom's uh, got a master's in psychology, but no, never family counseling. Yeah. We are both raised in Catholic families, so, you know, I feel like that lends itself to not going to family counseling it's like you'd more likely go to the priest or something so in this first scene there's a very funny bit where toby in order to razz ashley grabs her bra and says do you need your training bra and she gets so angry and this is the first example of ashley is just a stick in the mud she is not fun I think some people wouldn't like someone you're not related touching your underwear. I guess. I mean, I wouldn't care, but I'm sure some people would. I would struggle to not laugh if I saw someone do that, in my opinion. Even if it was my bra, like... I struggle to take other people's underwear out of the dryer. It's like, it's weird. I guess, but to me, a bra is not the same as, like, underwear, you know? I don't know. It's not the same. 
It's in the underwear section. I guess. <laughs> Let's also give a few minutes to talk about the intro, which we kind of skipped over the first few episodes. The intro features Emma on her computer sending an email. It's definitely old tech, but it's also hinting at that plot point of the first two episodes. Which is kind of weird. Yeah, I find that weird too. Weird thing to remind us continuously. It's very funny though. The email like flies through the school and ends up on a really old phone. It's like not even a flip phone. It's one of those really old blocky phones. I like this intro though. I think this is like the, it's the classic intro and it's actually one of my favorites. I don't know why I just really like the part where Ashley and Terry are singing choir. I don't know. I just love that bit. Does that ever come up? Are they ever in choir? No. Hmm. Never. They're in a band later, so. Uh, No choir. No choir. (laughs) Another note about the intro. Who is Emma emailing? Because the email ends up on that phone that appears to belong to a girl. But who is it? Is it Heather the Sinclair? We never get to know. So Heather hasn't come up yet, but we will hear of her soon. As we start off the episode, it's kind of showing the whole school because it's the first time we're seeing kids going to school since the first two episodes were an over-summer sort of episodes. We have a fashion crime ticket right out of the gate. Ashley has an old-style messenger bag on, and it has the old cell phone pocket, and her cell phone is in the old-type pocket. There is nothing wrong with this look back then, but uh, it's just so dated now. Who has a cell phone pocket on their bag, you know? And iPhone wouldn't even fit in that thing. Do you remember when your backpack was, like, the size of your entire back, like, on your JT size? I know. And there were always those kids who just carried too many books and they had the turtle look. I had the turtle look on. <laughs> were roller bags ever popular at your school? No, too many stairs. Ah, that makes sense. I went to like, I guess it's a, pr- a pretty much a newer school, a newer elementary school. And there was a point where roller bags were the it thing. Everyone had one. And I made my parents find one on eBay that was leopard pattern because I went through a leopard pattern phase where everything I owned had to be leopard pattern. It was hot. Another funny thing we see is Ashley's campaign posters. They're really cute, but they also harken back to an old age. You know, glitter glue stars. Maybe kids still use glitter glue. I don't know. But it seems like with technology, we're past that type of crafty poster making now. Terry, as usual, is wearing a pretty ugly vest. One of the things that always frustrated me is that she's always wearing baggy, blah-colored, ugly clothes. And I feel like that's just a failure on the point of the wardrobe people to dress her body properly. Because she's gorgeous, as we've mentioned before. And they could have done better. But here comes another blast from the past, which is Paige. She is wearing platform sandals, very old style, capris, a shirt that says hottie, and colored sunglasses inside. She's a big pioneer of the colored sunglasses inside look throughout the first season. And she doesn't look bad, but it's just so hilariously old style. 
She's also showing her true colors as the mean girl, telling Ashley, oh, you'd rather focus on the issues than your appearance, even though they're friends later. And so she's very, Ashley and her are frenemies, and they have that little rivalry throughout their friendship. She also says her phrase, new year, new luck, new page, which comes up again later in the series when another new year turns and she gets another new look. Here comes the subplot introduced, Manny and Emma being bullied by Spinner. Very hilarious first meeting for Spinner and Emma. He's stomping on her pages and telling her that she needs a hall pass and then calling her a geek. It's just very, very interesting based on the later plots. The seventh graders are getting into their first class, media immersion. Is this a Canadian thing? Could be media studies. Did you ever have that? No, it's like a not real class, you know, if you want an easy A. Yeah, it's funny because they almost always have media immersion in every season. I think because Snake is the teacher, so, you know, they're like, oh, show more of Snake, have more people in this class, but... I never had any class like that. I took computers in high school, but it was a joke. I mean, it doesn't really seem like he does much. There's a few media things, but then he's also like, and now Photoshop. Mm -hmm. But he also teaches them about, like, how to read ads and stuff, which I learned in English class, you know? Like, here's how ads sell to you, or here's how newspapers are biased, you know? I learned that in English class. I didn't learn that in, like, we didn't have a media class. But I kind of wish we did because I actually learned that in AP English and I feel like other people just went around mm. thinking like newspapers. Did AP you did AP physics. Ooh. Yeah, but that was... That's way harder. This is not a real class. <laughs> uh, the eighth graders are in their first class. Mrs. Kwan gets her first appearance. She appears throughout many of the following seasons. She comments specifically to Gavin, also known as Spinner, that she had to give him 14 detentions last year. Will she have to do it again? He says, not if you don't want to, which is kind of funny. I have to admit, when I was younger, I was pretty confused how his name was Gavin, but people called him Spinner. I know it's a nickname, and it shouldn't have been as confusing as it was. I think it was because Gavin was a name I was really unfamiliar with. So it just threw me off that he had two different names. It's probably just because of ADHD. No, yeah. There's later, we, in a later episode, he kind of says, they don't call me Spinner for nothing. Another old school detail coming up is that JT is carrying around a Razor style scooter. Like he rode that to school. That's just so funny. Also, all his clothes match his Razor scooter. That's just... Ugh. Brilliance on the part of the wardrobe department. I do like the graphic on Emma's shirt. Emma's shirt is cool. It's like an ethereal woman with stars around her head. She's always wearing very hippy-dippy sort of outfits because she's an environmentalist. It's just too funny. Also, this is a time when girls were taller than the boys. Yes, Emma is way taller than JT and Toby, which is pretty hilarious. I remember those days. It was the only time I was ever tall. This is the point in which Toby comes up with the brilliant plan 
for him to run against Ashley, or rather for JT to run. JT is extremely reluctant until he realizes he can use it to practice his comedy. This is the intro of JT being a comedy, comedy acting guy, and this continues throughout the series. He tells jokes and tries to get into as many acting gigs as he can. And here we go with Liberty and Ashley's rivalry being introduced. Liberty, for the first time in this episode, says, I am Liberty Van Zant. She loves her full name and is so excited to meet Ashley. But you can tell Ashley is less than enthused. They are both powerful, strong women and they butt heads all the time. Ashley butts heads with a lot of people because... She's a stick in the mud. Liberty is a bit intense, though. Yes, Liberty is intense, too. She's kind of a mean girl herself. Plays, does some schemes and not-so-nice stuff, you know? JT has his posters made by Toby. They say, JT York, unknown, unremarkable, underachieving. The underdog for president. Really hilarious, you know clearly a jokey campaign but Ashley's taking it seriously and getting it upset about it. Did they have school elections in elementary school for you or yeah we did all our high school yeah in all my grades we had elections there was actually this one year when we were in seventh or eighth grade and one of the kids who was my friend but wasn't the most popular he ran this brilliant campaign where he put SpongeBob and the Fairly Odd Parents on his campaign posters and got all of the like K through like fives to vote for him because this was a K through eight school. I went to Catholic school. So when he came on stage, the kids were yelling his name. And I was like, oh my God, he might actually win with this SpongeBob like strategy. But. What about you? Is that a thing in Scotland? They like elected house presidents in elementary school, which was primary. And then at Cardinal Newman High School, the school just picked the president. We, I think we used to vote at Ursuline. And then there was class presidents and then an overall president. Next, someone is going through the school and taking videos of people asking them about the election. It's kind of odd. Who is taking this video? Why are they taking this video? No one knows. It's just a weird convention of the episode. I'm guessing so that we can hear people's opinions on the, on the election, but it's still weird because there's this person filming this thing and it's not shown when they do the speeches or anything. So it's just like, is this for them personally? Like... Well, there was all the deleted scenes that had the home movie filter. Maybe this is like an extension of that. Yeah, you mean in when it was the reunion? Yeah, that's true. Maybe they were trying to keep that theme in all the episodes. But during this recording, we get the second Liberty Van Zant full name. It's the second time, but not the last time she's going to say it in this episode. We hear JT making a speech. He's doing, getting lots of yucks, and that's obviously his goal. 
He also mentions, I will accept bribes. And guess what? Ashley's right there in earshot to hear him say that. Ashley decides to give her own speech, seeing JT getting so much attention. She's talking about the things she's promising to get. It's kind of funny because this scene is very similar to a scene in Degrassi Junior High, season one, episode one, Kiss Me, Steph. Stephanie is standing in front of the school, similarly saying the things she will do as president. One of the things she mentions is more information on family planning, which was the 80s euphemism for birth control. Very funny. Emma's mom could have used that. Yeah, right? They The episode where uh, Spike gets pregnant actually won an Emmy, and that's why they decided to name her Emma. How about that? They say many times in that episode, you can't get pregnant on your first time. Luckily, we all know that's not true. <laughs> One of the things Ashley promises is to get them a night dance. That comes up again in the next episode. So she doesn't actually give something that she promises. How about that? It pans back to JT and we get another Canada speak moment. He talks about making the staff washrooms our washrooms. Of course, meaning bathroom or restroom, but in Canada, they're called washrooms. What do you call them in Britain? Toilet, lavvy. Mm-hmm. Or like loo. Pisser. I remember seeing that on signs sometimes when we were in Britain, like <laughs> loo or toilet. It just said, to me, which is much clearer because how many times have you gone to the bathroom and washed yourself or bathed? British you know? people find it weird, the concept of restroom. Because you're not resting. You're like pooping or peeing. (laughs) It's a euphemism, but why do we need that? We all know what it's for, right? So it's just a weird separation, like, that we have for some reason. All right. A quick product placement. Doesn't happen often in this show, but Toby is drinking a can of Crush when he's in his house arguing with Ashley. Do you like Crush? When it used to be made with real sugar. Yeah, corn syrup ruins everything. I'm not a big fruit flavor soda person. I like your your Coke, your Dr. Pepper. I used to love Fanta when it was real sugar. Mm-hmm. It's interesting because I know Fanta was a thing in Britain way before here. I feel like in maybe 2006, Fanta... was becoming a thing here and they had the Fanta Fanta commercials but before that it wasn't really here at all up next it's the next day and we're hearing Paige through the lens of this mystery videographer she decides to show off her brand new purse which is a see-through purse she's also wearing another pair of colored glasses purse just looks like a box it looks like a makeup case right not like a purse but she holds up a twix i think it's a king size and she says oh this this isn't mine and that scene's always kind of been like question mark in my mind like why is she pretending like she doesn't eat candy or cute girls not allowed to eat candy i don't know twixes are great maybe she doesn't want to share it maybe she doesn't want to share it that would be the best explanation to me you know i don't get you know girls shouldn't have to pretend they don't eat like (laughs) obviously they do so toby is using his computer skills to do a poll 
JT has 52% and Ashley has 48. So JT is actually projected winner at the moment. But I would question his polling skills. You know? How is he polling? Who is he polling? All that. JT's getting concerned because he doesn't actually want to have to do any work, like, as president. And then here comes the Liberty Van Zant number three. She previously said JT's never going to win, but now she's saying if he does, I'm going to offer excellent student government. She's just so ready for it. She also earlier mentions to Ashley that she wants to start a student newspaper. And that actually comes up in the next few episodes. So they do show a few plot points like the night dance and the newspaper that end up coming back. Here comes the whatever it takes moment of the episode. Ashley's going to do whatever it takes to win this election. And that includes bribing JT. First, she offers him $50. Now, we went back, did some research and found the 2001 Canada dollar to US dollar conversion. At that time, $50 would have been $32.50. That's how much she's offering him to drop out of the race. They argue a little bit. He tells kind of a funny joke about his older brother losing and his parents going on Prozac. It's funny, but in later seasons, inconsistency. This happens a lot in the first few seasons. They talk about people's siblings that never end up existing or their parents when they end up having a single parent or whatever because they just hadn't decided a lot of those details yet. So there's some of those mistakes in this first season. So his older brother never shows up. (laughs) Eventually, Ashley raises the amount she offers to $80, which is $52 in American dollars. I can imagine being, you know, a 12-year-old, $52 is a lot of money, especially back then. You know, there weren't that many electronics. They had game systems, but there wasn't cell phones. There wasn't, you know, MP3 or anything. Like, when you were 12, what was the big thing you wanted to buy? I'd buy video games. Yeah. And CDs. CDs. Oh, damn. Buying CDs. Or singles. Oh man, that's so wild. I know. My family used to like, I had an allowance of money, but then I had allowances of other things too. So my parents gave me a really, really small amount of money, like $8 a month. But then they would buy, I had a CD allowance. So they'd buy me one CD per month as like to build my musical development or whatever and I think I could choose like a CD or a book or like I could choose like a variety of things so that was kind of cool we'd go to borders and like look at the books and the CDs did you ever listen on the like you know when they had the like deck things and you could like pick a CD Mm -hmm. that's how I bought my first Queen album (laughs) there you go Mm-hmm. I listened to it and I was like, oh, this is good. Bought a Queen Greatest Hits, like, two-disc collection. Boom. Gay. Right out the gate. <laughs> Can't believe it didn't get headlights from them. Oh, yeah. I was never paranoid about that type of stuff. Because, you know, when you actually get lice, it's not from anything like that. It's just from one of your friends. Mm. It's never from anything random. I think this is also the first time we're seeing Canadian money on the show. 
I remember as a kid thinking their money looked so fancy. It has like the foily bit and it's all colorful and stuff. And our money's different now, but back then we just still had the green plain money. They have plastic money now in other countries. I'm pretty sure Canada has plastic money now. That's so wild. I mean, it makes more sense, right? Because, I mean, money tears and it's meant to, like, last and go through many, many hands, you know? So. They also, in other countries, have the money that's different sizes. So blind people and other types of people who have those types of issues can actually tell what money they're holding. Whereas we're like, you know, screw you. It's all the same size. You better be well organized. (laughs) Which kind of sucks, you know, but... The conclusion of the B-plot is Spinner shooting a spitball at Manny, and Manny starts crying. Terry's like, wow, good one, Spinner, which is probably a blow to him because it kind of implies he has a crush on her. But as soon as Spinner's gone, Manny stops crying. She was faking it. And very similar to the JT inconsistency earlier, she mentions, oh yeah, that always works on my older brother. But her older brother never exists after this. Like, as far as we can tell, he uh, either moves out of the house way early or, you know, she reverts to being an only child. Because in the later seasons, it's just her and her parents. And we get our Liberty Van Zant number three of the episode. She's giving her speech and boom says her full name again she just loves it jt is giving a speech and toby calls ashley out to let her know that he's gonna reveal that she is a fraud and bribed jt and that's what leads us to our it goes there moment of the episode ashley quits being whatever she quits holding back and she tells toby Hey, this is what's up. You came into my house. My mom is doting on you, doesn't listen to anything I say, and it's made my life really hard. And you're at my home, you're in my school, and now you're all up in my election, and you're taking this one thing that I had away from me. It really puts things into perspective for Toby, and he immediately starts regretting this whole thing. He was only thinking about how hard things were for him and didn't really consider what was going on in Ashley's world. I was the older sibling, so I never really had that experience, but did you go to the same school as your brother? Not really. He was such an age that he was usually... Gone by the time you were there? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. It's kind of cool your teachers remembered him or like even your uncles, didn't you say that? Well, that was the school he went to. Oh, Oh, so his teachers remembered his uncles. Mm. Right. Got it. None of my family really went to the schools I went to. I mean, my sister did after me, but, you know, like I said, we had eight years difference, so might not have been the same. So right as JT finishes his speech, he says, oh, by the way, I quit. Vote Ashley. (laughs) It's very hilarious. Mr. Radich gets all butthurt about it. He is always... He's always got that crabby man attitude. I guess it's because he's the principal, but he says, we'll talk later, you know, like JT's going to be in trouble. But honestly, who did JT hurt? Yeah, maybe Ashley, 
But then he quit, so she's going to win anyway. So who exactly did he hurt with a fake campaign? I don't get the point of him getting in trouble for it, you know? Like, yeah, it was disruptive, but it didn't really hurt anyone, you know? So Mr. Radish was always too meaner than he needed to be. <laughs> we weirdly skip over the actual de declaration of the winner. I guess we know who won since JT dropped out. But we fast forward straight to the end of school, Toby and Ashley's house, and Toby softens up and apologizes to Ashley because he's realized there are his ways and is really sorry. And this is how we hit the make it through moment of the episode. Ashley's a little bit mean at first, but she softens up too. And she says, you know, living together sucks, but does it have to suck this much? And then she's like, hey, are we actually bonding here? And they realize that it's so much easier when they give each other the benefit of the doubt. And, you know, they come to a mutual understanding. So they're going to make it through as step siblings or, you know, roommates or however you want to put it. They say, Dr. Freed would be so proud. So there you go. Therapy works, people. And that is the end of Family Politics, Season 1, Episode 3. I hope you enjoyed it. Next up, we'll be watching Eye of the Beholder. Will Terry get a boyfriend? And what happens at the first nighttime dance of Degrassi? Do you think there's going to be drama? You don't have to ask, because it's Degrassi.